I'd like to play a round of golf with Tiger Woods, Justin Timberlake, and Daniel Craig. With the lack of games, as we welcome you to this 470, hold on, let's talk amongst yourselves, the 479th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, we are here. I hope all is well under unusual circumstances, wherever you might be listening to Unscripted these days. Um, Due to the lack of games, and uh, really, is there any sporting events besides... Um, I have seen a UFC MMA fight uh, last week, which was good. Um, I did see uh, All Elite Wrestling on Wednesday night. Oh, with no crowd? With no crowd. That was weird. That was weird. How did, did you see any of the matches? Yeah. yeah what did you think of the matches? I didn't know the players, but I, I thought it was good wrestling. It's a lot more athletic than very watching athletic. Hulk, Hulk Hogan punch. Yeah, very it? athletic. Um, some really good moves. Um, I watched for about a half an hour, and um, but it, I just I had a real trouble getting used to nobody in the stands. Especially for wrestling, because yeah. wrestling really plays wrestling off is, the crowd. And it's the interaction with the crowd, and, and uh, I think it would be less weird to watch a basketball game. Yeah, because we've all watched games where it's a pickup game on a on a lot, and you watch a bunch of guys play ball. I mean, that or would... you can just go yourself and and correct, but, correct, yeah. and also especially with AEW. I mean, for WWE nowadays, it's such a mainstream crowd, and it's like some dad taking his kid, and they don't know anything about really, or they maybe watch, but they're not like hardcore fans necessarily. Uh, maybe in a mainstream sense, but that's it. But with AEW, the great thing is it's all really smart fans like it's all people who know every single thing about every single wrestler they know all the right chance to do right when chris jericho comes out and he comes out to his theme song which is him singing it it's his it's his band fozzy uh they come out uh, and it's called judas literally the the fans will and he's a bad guy the fans will sing the entire song like every fan in there is loud. It's like going to a soccer game. Wow. There is nothing like watching professional wrestling with a smart crowd. Right. Like ECW back in the day and Philly in the bingo hall in the 90s or AEW today. Uh, like just or, or soccer fans like they know every chant. They know everything to say in unison at the right time. And it's really amazing. And so it's especially, um, you know, obviously noticeably absent with AEW. You know, it's funny, I'm, I'm going to get off topic here and I'll need your help, but I remember a couple of years ago in, in the National Hockey League, and I think it was Chicago. I'm not sure though. Probably. But there was a guy that would start the Star Spangled Banner and then he'd shut up and he'd let the crowd sing it. That was awesome. Okay, well, let's make no mistake about where that started. Which was, I don't know where it, it started. It started in Edmonton. in oh, the, did it? In the two, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, it started in Edmonton in the 2006... When they made the right. run to the... With the Cinderella run, right. eighth seed, barely sneak in. Dwayne Rollison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, upset Detroit as the first seed in the first round. Then you right. keep beating San Jose and you keep beating people. And then with Rollison, if he stays healthy, they win the cup. It's not even Correct. a question. He gets hurt in game one of the final. And then Ty Conklin takes 30 seconds to give the game away because he was a shit goalie that I always hated. 
And then they still, with their backup, uh, UC Markinen, who was great, they still went to Game 7 right. and barely lost. And But anyway, that's where it started. So there was a, a gentleman named Paul Loria who died. He was the Oilers anthem singer for a long time. He was a real opera guy, like yeah. one of those. And I, I think it was just spur of the moment because he was singing and the crowd was so loudly singing O Canada during that cup run. Oilers fans were so excited to be in the playoffs again. And they were a big part of that run, I think. Really, they made well, a difference. I, I I thought that, I remember it, and I'm talking about it. And I, again, I think it was Chicago mm-hmm. uh, during their last Stanley Cup run. But he'd get them started. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it literally brought goosebumps. When you hear 20,000 fans singing the Star Spangled Banner or Old Canada or whatever it is. But um, that, that to me was... Um, it's cool. I, I've seen where Calgary and Vancouver have tried, and it's like, okay, but because that one wasn't, I don't think, planned, like, it, they were just so loud as they're singing along with them, he got through the first verse, and he just was like, well, I the think microphone we can, up, like, okay. I think we can both honestly say that the Edmonton hockey fans are better hockey fans than they are in Calgary and Vancouver. Sure. Calgary and Vancouver's are bandwagon jumpers. They're there to be seen. Fair weather. They're there to drink. Um, it's like being at an indoor stampede event. We've mentioned this many times on this program is that they don't come to the, watch the actual game. They come there to be seen, and that's the difference. Um, I think the Edmonton fans are more blue-collared, more knowledgeable, and more appreciative of being at a National Hockey League game, but that's just my my two cents worth um getting back to what i started five and a half minutes ago (laughs) obviously with no games being played around the world due to this pandemic um we've had to come and be a little bit more creative as we get together our once a week and put our week of shows together here and unscripted and um i ran this by chris last night and uh, we decided to make a go of it I would go back to the movie that starred Jack Nicholson and, uh, oh, God, he was in Shawshank Redemption and uh, a wonderful, wonderful actor, uh, Freeman. What's Morgan it? Freeman. Thank you, sir. Morgan Freeman, The Bucket List. And we have come up with our own bucket list of 10 things that we would like to see or participate in, whatever. Ten things that we'd like to see. It doesn't have to necessarily be from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. I can tell you right now that about half of mine are and half of mine aren't on my on my bucket list. But again, I'm looking for ten things on Chris and my respective bucket lists that we would like to see in our lifetime of course, once we get through the COVID-19 pandemic. But what are some of the, well, the, the top 10 things that you'd like to see or do in our lifetimes before, or, you know, while we wait out this COVID-19 pandemic? As it is right now, I learned this morning, as of 12 o'clock Eastern time last night, the longest border in the world the Canada-U.S. border has been shut down for at least 30 days. The previous time, sorry, but the previous time that that happened was after 9-11 in 2001, and it closed for three days. This is going to be 30 days, and the only thing that can pass through the borders are essentials, so like food and 
supplies and stuff like that, but non-essential personnel. So if you're driving down to see your father in Las Vegas, that's a no-no for at least the next 30 days. So it's a different world we live in. We're just getting through it. But what are the 10 things that Chris and I have on our bucket list that the both of us would like to see or do over the duration of our lifetime once we get through the COVID-19 pandemic? And uh, I will start, um, and I will start, and I'll start from 10 and go down to number one. Um, Number 10, very simple one here, and it's got to happen in Canada. Why? Because in Canada... You win the lottery, it's tax-free. So that's, hey, (laughs) this is my bucket list, and I'd love to win, like next week's uh, 649, whatever it is, I'm not a big gambler, I don't do this, uh, is worth 62 or 67 million bucks next week. I'd love to win 67 million tax-free dollars. That's number 10 on my list. Number nine on my list, Oh, this will get this will get people stirring in both sides of the 49th parallel, but it's my list and I can do what I want. I want better government around the world. Um, not an easy thing to wish for, but um government plays such an integral part of our lives, folks, especially when you're going through something like this and you see the good leaders and you see the bad leaders. And right now, I think all of our leaders need a tune-up. And I would like to see better government around the world. That's my number nine on my bucket list of things that I'd like to see or do in my lifetime once we get through this COVID-19 pandemic. Number eight on my list, (laughs) I would like to visit the Philippines, Thailand, Japan, uh, Okinawa, all the places I visited in the Far East coming up on almost 35 years ago. When I was in the military, I was fortunate enough to see all those places as I was a loadmaster on a C-130 or a C-141, whichever plane we were taking out that day. And we'd go around and do what they call a milk run. And I'd see all those places on a daily basis. And I would like to see the change and see how much... I mean, it's got to be better than it was 35 years ago because I remember going into people's homes and... I remember one time going into a person's home and I had to use the facilities. And I thought, well, Jesus, in the mid-1980s, this for my time in, in this part of the world in the Far East, we're talking about 1986 and 1987. And in 1986, I went into this person's house and um, I asked them if I could use their facilities. And they said, certainly, just go behind the door over here. What did I find on the other side of the door? A hole in the floor. That was their bathroom. Needless to say, I didn't use the facilities at that person's house because I was at, used to, at least used to having a toilet. Um, I would like to go back to the Philippines, Thailand, Japan, Okinawa, and all those places that I visited as a member of the military 35 years ago. I'd like to go back and see some of those countries now. And now remember, even going back to the mid-1980s, it was tough for an American to get into Vietnam. I'd like to go into Vietnam and see what it's like, especially... Now, 50-some years ago since the Vietnam War, I'd like to go see the improvements that they've made in some of these countries. You'd hope, you'd hope some of those countries are better off than they were 35 years ago. Oh, man, Chris is going to love this one. Number seven on my list. (laughs) Um, I want to play a round of golf before I die 
And once we get through the COVID-19 pandemic, I'd like to play a round of golf with Tiger Woods, Justin Timberlake, and Daniel Craig. Because <laughs> they're the hottest? Or no, <laughs> I love Tiger Woods, and, I, and I'm giving him a pass on all his indiscretions, but Tiger Woods has changed the game of golf. There's no question about it. Even now through this, when you look at the Golf Channel, what are they showing highlights of? Tournaments that Tiger wins. Tiger has changed golf. And it was funny, I was watching an interview the other day because, well, you got nothing else to do during this thing. And and before Tiger came on, the biggest purse for winning a golf tournament was $100,000. Now, they're regularly, even at the Jerkwater Open, they're playing for a winner's, winner's take-home prize of a million bucks plus. At the big tournaments, the majors and the players' championship, the winner takes home over $2 million. And that's all attributable to Tiger Woods. Justin Timberlake. I think Justin Timberlake is one of the most incredibly talented young men ever. And I don't know. I mean, I was first introduced to Justin Timberlake when he was on the old Mickey Mouse Club or whatever that was 100 years ago. I just think, you know, here's a guy that can act. Here's a guy that can sing. Here's a guy that can certainly dance. And he's also supposedly a pretty damn good golfer. And I'd like to meet and play golf with Justin Timberlake. Daniel Craig? I think Daniel Craig, and this is funny because I was always in the corner of Sean Connery as the best Bond. And I love the James Bond series. I've even seen the one with the very first James Bond, which wasn't Sean Connery. It was some other guy that played played it one time, and I can't remember. Your Majesty's Secret Service. That's the one. That yeah. was the first one, yeah, and another it, guy. Yeah. And it was another guy, and I can't remember his name. The first James Bond flick that I saw with Sean Connery was Goldfinger back in 1964. The year, coincidentally, I was born. Great movies made in 1964: The Sound of Music, uh, Goldfinger, <laughs> and there was one other one um, with. Mary Poppins was 1964 as well. Um, Daniel Craig to me, and I, I guess he's got his last Bond coming out this summer, and then he will not play Bond again. Yeah. But I have loved Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um, I never really liked Pierce Brosnan. He was too pretty. Um, the worst was Timothy Dalton. Oh, by far. And like, there was only there was a reason he was only in one. He, it was like watching Chris Farley play James yeah, Bond. It was it like was he's, he was like surprised and scared and stuff. Like it was like, what is this shit? Correct. I couldn't agree more. George something was the guy that played yes. the first. Was the first yeah. in the Majesty one. You're absolutely correct. But Daniel Craig in Skyfall, uh, and a couple other ones. Quantum of, Solace. Quantum of Solace. Um, I think he was excellent. Um it's unrealistic that any of these Bond characters survive all the things that they put themselves through and get involved in. But to me, Daniel Craig was the one that was most common in regard to everyday guys. I, I just, I don't know. Um, I just think Daniel Craig is this generation's best, and now he has overtaken Sean Connery as my favorite as the current James Bond. Um, and supposedly Craig likes to play golf. So 
I'd like to play a round of golf with Tiger Woods, Justin Timberlake, and Daniel Craig, and I knew that you'd laugh at that one. <laughs> number six on my list before we get to Chris's top or bottom five of his top. Number six. Now, you might find this one funny, but this is the honest to God truth. I have been to Lambeau Field a lot of times. Preseason games, regular season games, training camp. I took the family there in 2015, and we spent a couple days at training camp, which was unbelievable. And... You know, the funny thing was, I have two girls and my wife. So I went with my mother, my three girls, and my stepfather, Phil. And there's two of us, and there's, well, four women. And um, the girls really enjoyed it. It was surprising that, and maybe they were putting on a show for me, I don't know. But because of the access that you were allowed on Ray Nitschke Field, to go around and walk around and hear the players and see the players. It was really uh, an eye-opening experience. And I would strongly, even, even for non-Packer fans, to be able to go see that and listen to Aaron Rodgers uh, call out his cadence and listen to him directing traffic and then consequently listening to the defense counter with what Aaron Rodgers is calling out in his cadence. Uh, and just the preparation and every minute is down to detail they had two big scoreboards on the on the end of Nitschke field and if you don't know Ray Nitschke was a hall of fame middle linebacker for the Packers during the Lombardi years they had a they had a scoreboard set up on both ends of this of this of this Ray Nitschke field and every time that that scoreboard went to zero they'd switch to another drill and the communication and the the minute detail was amazing to me. But my number six on my list is something I've never done at Lambeau, and that's go to an NFC Championship game at Lambeau. Because the Super Bowl is so commercialized, and there and every team gets, you know, a section of seats and and but if you are in attendance, I, I and the reason this is so intriguing to me is again, my stepfather Phil was at the 67 Ice Bowl in Green Bay. And it's so different when you win that ticket to go to a Super Bowl and you're in your home stadium to do it. That would have been a party that would have lasted for four days. And that's why number six on my list is I'd like to go to an NFC Championship game in Lambeau because if the game is in Lambeau, you know the Green Bay Packers are in the game. That's why I would like to have a cocktail party with 80,000 Packer fans after we win the right to go to a Super Bowl. A lot of those fans that would have been at Lambeau to witness winning the NFC Championship game obviously couldn't score tickets to go to the Super Bowl, but that would have been a cocktail party for 80,000 Packer fans, and that's something that I'd like to see before my days are over. Sir, your bottom five. Awesome. All right. So I tried to mix in places to travel and sports-related things. I wanted to have a nice little mix there. So at number 10, I thought it would be neat because I've never been to the territories. Go up to the Northwest Territories uh, in the summer and do things where there's 24-hour daylight. Like you can go and play uh, golf at midnight and it looks like it's noon, right? Um. Don't mean to interject, but I do have to tell you, I, I um, remember back in the 80s, into the 90s, they used to have this thing called the, the Alaskan Baseball League, where college guys could go up and play baseball, and they'd have games at 3 and 4 in the morning 
in Alaska. I got to cover that once. Oh, neat. That was really outstanding. That was really outstanding. So I, I know where you're coming from that one. And it'd be, it, it's really, really weird when you're sitting there. Now, I've drank beer at four in the morning, but it wasn't daylight out. Yeah. That was weird. To see a baseball game with no lights at four in the morning, that's weird. And that was the unique thing about that summer league up in Alaska. Yeah, so I've never gotten to experience that. I did take an Alaskan cruise in June, but I mean, we were kind of off the coast there and, uh, you know, you're on the ship and everything. But yeah, I think it'd just be neat to have 24-hour daylight for a while yeah. and, and kind of do stuff at random times. It'd be an interesting thing to experience. Uh, number nine, I am a quarter Icelandic. You might not know that. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so, <laughs> so minus 35 doesn't bother you. Well, I'm from Saskatchewan mainly is for that, but no, I think it'd be neat to go to Iceland and just see what it's like. It's a unique place. A lot of celebrities, I guess, like to go there because they don't really get bothered. Yeah. And, um, if you're a single guy, I mean, pretty much any Island place, Iceland, Vancouver Island, whatever, it seems to have like a massive ratio of way more women for some reason. Mm. So there's an idea there, but, uh, go to the blue lagoon, the most famous hot springs in the world. Uh, something like that. Just be neat to go to Iceland. I could see us uh, doing that at some point. Okay. Um, number eight, I would just like to go to an AEW event for the reasons I said early, uh, earlier. Uh, I mean, in the 90s, I grew up watching some of these ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling events, mainly held at this bingo hall in Philadelphia that's still there. And it's just to be a part of a really smart wrestling crowd it's just unlike anything else in sports even soccer where they have their drunken chants and everything <laughs> like in aw when you know the guys and it, everyone's in on it and it's just it's a really unique thing it's not that i've been to lots of wwe events and uh, they've pretty much all been you know lots of just random mainstream people kind of know the guys and just kind of oh, okay that's neat like it's a different thing it's a completely different thing when every fan there is a hardcore fan it is just like you're all in on the show. It's like you're all starting in the show together, and it's a very unique thing, and I think that would be cool to experience. Uh, number seven, I had, uh, I think, just... I wanted to include something that I would go to for a sport I like and respect and have played, and just to see the unbelievable talent of the guys doing it. I thought it'd be nice to go to the finals of a tennis major go to like the finals of the u.s really? open or wimbledon or something just to see the talent like just the talent level of these guys is unbelievable i mean i thought about including may maybe like the olympics in this or something but go somewhere where you see just unbelievable athletic feats i mean even to watch the guys at the olympics on the high dive or something like just you see it on tv but to see it in person to watch a guy go off the high diving board and do 80 right. flips like it would just be really really cool so i think that'd be neat and uh, number six, I had a tie because they're about the same thing. Uh, it'd be neat to sit front row for either a major UFC event or WrestleMania. I think that to sit front row for either one of those would be great. Like imagine being front row for Conor McGregor versus Habib or or some other legendary fight or WrestleMania or something like that. I think sitting, uh, going to any of those would be great. I've never actually gone to a UFC event uh, or to a WrestleMania, but to see either one of those front row would really be neat. So that was my number six. Wow. Good list. My number five, as we take my list, and if you are just joining us, we welcome you again to this 479th episode of Unscripted. And because of the shutdown of all the major sports and all the minor ones too right now, pretty much, um, we're trying to be creative and finding things to talk about in this 479th episode of our little program. And we came up with the 10 things on, a, on each of our respective bucket lists whether it's from the world of sports or not, 10 things that we would like to see or do in our lifetime, 
once we get through the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've gone through my bottom five. Now it's down to my top five. And number five, going down to number one, my number five is I would like to go on a cruise again uh, to the Eastern Caribbean. Um, I went on a cruise a number of years ago. I've been on a couple, but this one was memorable. It was on a, on a cruise line called Holland America. We left out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is always safer than Miami. And um, we saw St. Thomas, St. John's. Um, we went to this little private island that was owned by uh, Holland America called Half Moon, Half Moon uh, Bay, which was just an unbelievable day, just sitting on a beach and having a guy deliver drinks to you, which was awesome. Um, but I would like to do that again. And I guess, you know, right now, and the reason I wanted to put this was in here was that this was a little bit of a shout out uh, to the cruise industry because they've been taking a shit kicking. And they're, they're telling that, you know, one of the worst places that you could potentially contract this would be on a cruise ship. Yeah. And, and obviously cruise ships and airplanes have been getting just the, you know, their sh lunch been served to them the last couple of weeks. And I just wanted to send a shout out to the cruise industry that they will recover and they will be back at some day in, in some way, shape or form. And I would like to take a Holland America cruise again through the Eastern Caribbean and those countries that I mentioned. And it just was so first class. Um, there was just, it was a special, you know, Judy and I have been together 28 years and, um, that was a very, very special time. And when Judy saw that, it actually brought tears to her eyes because uh, it meant something to her and it meant something to me and it was an unbelievable experience. So I want to do a cruise again to the Eastern Caribbean. Can I, oh, sorry, can I say on that? Uh, I did a cruise in 2011 for work, uh, largest cruise ship in the world. There's the two of them, the Alert of the Seas and the Oasis of the Seas, one of them for Royal Caribbean, I believe. And uh, we went to St. Martin and that was the my favorite water i've ever been in on a beach like you walked in it's none of this getting used to the water right like in canada it's like walking into your it bath it's like walking into a hot tub like yep. it was just you walk in it was just it was perfect i didn't want to get out i just wanted to sit there in in the in the water just not even far in or anything well you know it's funny you say that because this half moon k was just like that and yeah. you walked in and it was and here was the funny thing i gave my little guy each guy a representative yeah. an employee is has one territory, if you will, of the beach. And I'd sit here and I'd throw him a five or a 10 and say, oh, okay, bring me a bunch of beers out. And he'd walk out into the water and whatever. The customer's always right. And uh, I, again, I didn't want to leave the water. So I just had Adashi or whatever his name, I just had him deliver drinks right out in the water. And he did it. And uh, I, again, that's exactly the same reason for me, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Number four on my list, I have kind of been mixing and matching all day, but I know you're going to get a kick out of this one. Well, no, you're going to get more of a kick out of number three. Number four, I would like to see, I don't want to participate, but I'd like to see the running with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. Oh. I do not want to be in front of a bull. I do not want to get uh, torpedoed by a bull. I don't want to get gold in the ass by a bull. But I would like to see the physical running of it. I don't want to participate, but I'd like to be there when they open those big doors mm -hmm. and let the bulls come out and people are running for their lives. And I'm sitting there going, you schmucks, you paid for this. Um, 
I want to see the running, the physical running of it. I just don't want to be a participant in it. Oh, I'd never participate in it. That is the one time I cheer against humans. Right. I, uh, exactly. I, I can go on YouTube and watch those videos forever. Like when the bulls kind of get free or they gore yeah. some guy right up his ass. Right. Or they just destroy some guy or they get into the crowd and everything. Or, you know, I just, I'll cheer for the bull every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Me too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I, I just hope the, I, I, hope I, the I have bull kicks no ass. sympathy. Something about the idea of just running in front of a bull. It's so stupid that I just can't. Like, I can't deal with it. Like, it's so dumb. I'm just going to run in front of a bull. Okay, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Idiot. Like, I mean, like, I just... There is nothing that could happen where I feel sorry for the person. I, I couldn't I, agree more. Now, if somebody was unwilling, you chuck them into the... Re like, that's different. That's if someone's, you know, not trying to... But someone who just willingly is such an idiot that they just... I'm just going to run around with some bulls and I'm invincible. No, yeah. you're not. No, you're not. And, like, I've seen a guy... It looks like he gets a horn, like, literally, like, right up the ass. <laughs> Makes my day every time. Fuck that guy. Well, and that's why I'm saying I'd like to watch it. I don't want to participate because I think, you know, as we sit here and talk about animal cruelty and all this other stuff in our politically correct society of, of today, you cage up an animal like that behind those doors, they're coming out looking to oh do some damage. Love it. Love it. And I love it when, uh, yeah, I, I want to go see it. I don't want to participate in it. Number three on my list, this one will get you. I know it. But I think... This woman, in my lifetime, is the best singer I have ever heard. And I have been in concert or been to a concert with Mr. Sinatra. I've been to Vegas with Celine Dion, obviously in Vegas. Um, but you might find this funny, but I would like to have a front row center seat one last time to hear Barbara Streisand sing before she, and she's probably retired now anyway. I don't know if I've ever really heard her sing, so she's that good, hey? Oh my god, really? Because she she looks like a moron. Oh, she looks like a moron. Um, you know, but she won an Academy Award for actress. She's won a bunch of obviously whatever it is in the music industry for her singing. But Chris, I'm telling you right now, um, there's a lot of Canadians that think that hyper Frenchy from Quebec is the best female singer, meaning Celine Dion. Not even close. My opinion, for whatever it's worth. If I could do it, I would do whatever I could to see in live to see Barbara Streisand sing one last time. Really, um, some of the some of the songs that she sings, and this is going back to a career that now has started back in the fifties. There's a movie called Funny Girl that she stars and was made in 1969 or 70, and she starred in this movie, and it was a, a, a movie about the Ziegfeld Follies and how she started as a Ziegfeld Folly, and then she meets Omar Sharif, and uh, she ends up leaving the Follies to marry this guy. But what I'm getting at, the musical score in this movie, uh, Funny Girl, starring Barbra Streisand and Omar Sharif, was unbelievable. And the notes that she hits, and how solid every note comes out of her mouth, it literally could melt butter. And I am not a huge fan of Celine Dion. She's a very talented woman. There's no question about it. I get taken aback sometimes with how manly and physical she always needs to be. And fuck off. Barbara <laughs> Streisand is an entertainer. She's a lady, but the voice is golden. And I know she maybe isn't even performing anymore, but 
if I had the opportunity, that's one thing I would really love the opportunity to do is see Barbara Streisand one more time, front row center, live in concert, and her to sing any number of songs, but the song she sings that brings tears to my eyes every time is People, and the way she sings it, and there have been people that have tried to copy it, but it's a cheap knockoff. Um, if I could listen to Barbara Streisand in concert, I wrote a report when I was in ninth grade about Barbara Streisand and took a lot of shit. You know, here's the quarterback of the football team, point guard on the basketball team, you know, legend in his own mind. Everybody's a legend in, in their own mind in the ninth grade, but here's this big tough jock. And all of a sudden he's writing about Barbara Streisand. Half the, half the guys in the class thought I was gay. And, um, (laughs) That's fine. I really don't care. Um, Barbara Streisand is a hell of a talent, and uh, I would love to listen to her sing live one last time. Number uh, number two on my list. This is a shot, I think, more than anything at the status of casinos in Las Vegas today, and I think you'll agree with me when I get done with this. Number two on my list is I'd like to go to Monte Carlo and play cards in a Monte Carlo casino, and the reason I'd like to do that is because Monte Carlo casinos, yes, now, you are talking about some of the most expensive real estate in the world. I get that. It's a little different going into a Monte Carlo casino than it would be going into Sam's Town off of Nellis Boulevard in Las Vegas. I get that. But there is not a casino in Las Vegas, and as much as I love Las Vegas, it's my hometown. I will live there, I'm thinking, within the next five years. Um... They still don't have a casino that, in this regard, is like an, an, a Monte Carlo casino. I want to go back to the days of when you have to wear a tuxedo and dress up and be classy again. I think the Vegas casinos, and I get that because they're doing their business model toward their, their customers their today, clientele, yeah. their clientele today, and it's much more laid back. But I don't like that. I think going to the casino should be something special, something unique, something different. And I think I would love to go to a Monte Carlo casino and see women in full-length gowns again. I'd like to see guys in tuxedos again. And I'd like to see guys sipping uh, martinis. martinis today. I'd like to see that class aspect of casinos, not what we're getting in Vegas today. And again, I'm not blaming Vegas. I mean, you can go into the big... Big poker rooms at a lot of big houses in Vegas, and you can get that. But it's just not as prevalent as it is back in the day. And for me, the day is going back to the old Sands Hotel with the Rat Pack, and everybody was in coat and tie. Women were in dresses, and their hair was done. Not going into a casino looking like you just got done running a marathon. I think that's what I'd like to see. Yes, I'm old school, but I'd like to see an old Monte Carlo with a with a uh, four or five piece band in a, in a uh, cocktail lounge where you could sit down and have a drink. And uh, I, I, that's the kind of casino that I'd like to see one last time. And my number one, and this should come as no surprise to anybody. Um, I've been to this place before, but I've never gotten to play the course before. I want to play Augusta national before it's all said and done. Because I mean, is there a more, unique is there a more world-renowned golf course than augusta national probably not and um 
Remember, as I said, when Chris and I did the phone episode of our show last week, I made mention to people that may may or may not have known this, that they consider Augusta National a winter club, which means they close from the end of May till the middle, middle of October. And if they can do it, that's what they're looking for now here in 2020 is to reschedule the Masters for after October 15th when it reopens again. But if we have a bucket list, and this is our dream list, uh, that I'd like to see or do once we get through this COVID-19 pandemic here on episode 479 of Unscripted, I'd like to play Augusta National once. That's a good one. I think that they should actually make it. They've got all summer to prepare prepare it. They should make it so the very first thing held there is the Masters right on October 15th, and you'll have all summer to make it just perfect. And I think that's a good idea. There's no reason they can't just play that a few months. Can you imagine? I think it's possible in October. But can you imagine, even even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, October is a crazy month for sports because... You've got full swing now in your National Football League. National Hockey League has started. You're in the baseball playoffs. Basketball is at least in training camp and about to start. Now you add Augusta and a couple of other events. October is going to be... Now, for all of us sports nuts that have been devoid of content already for 10 days or whatever it is, think about October. Because October, you're going to get so much sports content, it's going to drive you crazy. We're going to have some great episodes of unscripted in October, I can tell oh, you right geez, now. We'll need to do more episodes almost, but uh, yeah. So actually, the NHL is talking about not starting till November because of how they're going to have to be pushed back. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I think if the NBA is smart and they seem to be, what better time than to start the December through right. June schedule or the December through December August, December through August, whatever yeah, it would be. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my number five on the bucket list would be simply go to Hawaii. My parents do it almost every year. I think it's a good place. It's a good mix of. It's a good mix of the island type of thing, which I really like. I love the water and the island type of a of an idea, but I like that it's got like Honolulu. You can go to a real city. A lot of these island places are just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, not a lot, not super modern or anything. So I like the mix there. Hawaii has always been appealing, and I've never gotten to go. Have lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah, I very know expensive. I know it's very expensive. Holy balls. I know it is. I know Holy it is. Balls. I know it is. You could go through a drive-through in for McDonald's in Honolulu. I've been there. You can go to McDonald's for two people and not big eaters and spend 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 bucks for a Big Mac. Yeah, no, I know that Hawaii is very expensive for sure. And uh, I, I'd be aware of that before we would go. Well, for sure you would. Yeah. Number four, you might be surprised. I've never actually been to an NFL game. Really? Yeah. Never Holy gone. Holy shit. So uh, uh, I'd like to go to an NFL game with my wife. That's number four. And we're planning on potentially, we had looked at it. And now I don't know how things are going to change now with if we have to reschedule because uh, our plan was to go to Toronto in May and Vegas in June. So if one or both of those has to be rescheduled, then we might look at doing them in September. But our other plan, we've got two weeks off in September. The other plan was to look at doing an NFL game in September as well. So we're going to look at that. So that's a pretty realistic one. Go to a warm weather city, though. Uh, you don't want to sit outside in your one NFL game being a rain pouring downpour in Seattle. No, well, we'd like to try and find a Tennessee game. So either... That's pretty good weather. Uh, they're going to Minnesota this year, I believe. They they have a road game in Minnesota this year, so inside would be okay as well. And Minnesota's not too far away, and we could go to the Mall of America, I guess. Woo-hoo. So, yay. Uh, I know your love of malls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, believe it or not, I came up with a golf foursome. I came up with this before I heard your list. I came up with this. I thought it would be fun to do a golf foursome 
with you and my dad and Donald Trump. I oh my God! I think that would be fun. I'd, I, I'm honored that I made that list. Um, I loved I love playing golf with your dad. He's such a great, classy guy. Um, good golfer. Geez, he's a good golfer. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd be in on that one. But yeah, I, I, I'd I'd stick you with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think that he could get us into some good courses because he owns some good courses. <laughs> you think? Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, I think that would be neat. And I think I'm just convinced, and I will always be convinced of this, and I have been for decades because I've followed this guy. I'm not just like. You know, a lot of these people are like, oh, the guy on the reality show. Like, I've been following this dude my whole life, and uh, I just think he would be really lovely to talk to away from the cameras, right. to have dinner with. I think he would just be wonderful. In addition to all the, you know, places he owns, and you could take you, you'd get first-class service everywhere. You could take a helicopter to the course and, you know, all and the limo and whatever else. Like, that would be really neat. But uh, I, I think he would be actually really good company. Uh, number two is an Oilers playoff game. I've been to Oilers games and lots of NHL games. I've never been to an Oilers playoff game. The plan, and still is the plan, is to try to get to one this year once they resume. And uh, that that's one that I think should happen. Uh, and I, I hope that the Oilers are finally at the point where they can fairly consistently make the playoffs. If you're going to have arguably the two best players in the league and you've got a good brain trust, good GM, good coach now, a gr- good owner, best arena, best facilities, best fan base you got the best of everything there's no reason for it to continue being a joke in Edmonton so I think that they're going to make the playoffs more often than not going forward and uh you know going to an Oilers playoff game shouldn't be uh too tough it'll be expensive but uh it'll be worth it Uh, I guess the ultimate goal would be to uh, go to a game where the Oilers win the cup at home that would of course be the craziest thing I'm not much for big crowds I never was but especially as I get older but Oilers win the cup at home. I'll make an exception. Absolutely. I'll go out in the streets and and yeah, it'll it'll be fun. Well, you know, it, it's unbelievable. And I I've been to a lot of playoff games and I've been been very very fortunate. But you know, there is so much difference between a regular season game and a playoff game. It's unbelievable. Oh, hockey, and you can tell even on TV. You can well, tell that it, hockey it, is like another the, thing. Even here. Even here with the floodplain flames. A couple of years ago, I went when they were in and they beat Vancouver in the first round, and there was so much difference. I mean, even the the cocktailers down in the lower bowl that are just there to be seen, as I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes today, they were actually into it. Mm-hmm. And it was just an unbelievable difference between a playoff game and a regular season. It's just it's night and day. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. And my number one was sort of on your list a little bit, but I have always wanted to go to Japan for a lot of different reasons. That's my number one. And uh, they've got the best professional wrestling in the world. They've got the best sushi in the world, which is my favorite food. Yep. I like that it's a very unique culture. It's ultra modern. It's almost like going to a different planet. Oh, for you sure. Know, you know what I mean? Like it's totally well, different. Yeah. And there's not a lot of parts of the world that I really want to go to, but uh, Japan has always appealed to me. I know it's very different. Uh, you know, sushi is my favorite food. And just to go there, they say that the sushi in the vending machines there is is fresher than whatever you get here in the best restaurants. It's supposed to just be unbelievable. Uh, I've Anytime I look at it, just it just looks, looks like a neat place. Like there'd be a cool vibe there. I know it's very expensive. It seems to go back and forth. Uh, whether each year, whether Tokyo or London is the most expensive city in the world. So I know you have to pay for it. But amazing transit. They got four islands. You can go up to Hokkaido, way in the far north there, and it's a totally different thing. And there's snow and everything. You can go down to Tokyo, which in the summer can be plus fifty Celsius with tons of humidity. Uh, you can go see the cherry blossoms. You get this incredible mix of celebrating the old with the ultra modern, 
and I think that's neat. Um, you know, all the different ramen shops and restaurants you could go to. Just a very, very unique place. And number one on my bucket list would be going to Japan and doing all those things, eating the sushi, eating the ramen, and watching the wrestling and just whatever other tourist stuff there is. Uh, I think it would just be really, really cool. And uh, we our plan is to do that someday. No rush on that. But, you know, um, travel first class both ways and make sure you're comfy because that's a long flight and uh, just go to Japan. I was uh, unbelievably... Um... I, I have been to Japan. I've been to the Ginza. I've been to a Tokyo Giants baseball game in the Tokyo Dome, which is an unbelievable experience considering Major League Baseball games in the States. It's, it's totally different. Whereas in the States, we're drinking beer and having hot dogs there. They're eating sushi and, and uh, really getting into the game. Um, very crowded. Um, it just seems like every step you turn there's there's a person right there so as you get older that might be more difficult i know it would be for me because i thought it was jam-packed when i was there 30 years ago um but you know the tradition seems still to be there today you take your shoes off when you go in uh there's a certain way that you handshake with people uh i like some of that and there's no question about it uh, being seeing downtown Tokyo was one of the most unique things in my life, and I would strongly suggest you and Martina getting there if you can someday in your life. Um, I think you'll be able to pull it off. It's just, I can imagine now it's been 35 years, but I can imagine that a lot of the things have still stayed that stayed the same or stayed the course, um, not having returned. But I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that, um, the difference in between North America and in the Far East still very prevalent today, and that would be your biggest adjustment, just getting used to... Uh, I would, you know, you had mentioned uh, London and Tokyo. If I had a choice, it'd be Tokyo all day long mm -hmm. for the simple fact that supposedly the food... And I've been to London once, uh, went through um, the airport and, and to Mildenhall Air Force Base in uh, London, years and years and years ago but uh the food is much better in tokyo let me tell you um we've got to run this has been a great episode i've enjoyed this one very very much here on episode 479 of unscripted our bucket list episode as we try to get creative with things to talk about going through this covid19 epidemic or excuse me pandemic let's make sure i get it right but uh, as always, we'd like to thank everybody for participating. Hope that you continue to do so. Freeform Friday is next. A good way to wrap up another good week of shows here on Unscripted. And we'll get right to it right after this as we, again, put the finishing touches here on episode number 479 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said that, for the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.